This is WMPG. My name is Dr. Anne, and this is Safe Space, a show devoted to subjects that are hard to talk about because they make us feel vulnerable, afraid, or ashamed. This month, we've been talking about the subject of women's sexuality. It's been such a great time that we may extend it for two months. Tonight, my guest is Susan Ramsey, and we're going to be talking about pelvic pain. Uh, Susan is the owner of Holistic Physical Therapy Services in South Portland. She is the, it is the largest physical therapy pelvic floor rehab facility in all of New England. She has a background in academic physical therapy. She's been in practice for over 27 years. And from my standpoint, she is indeed the goddess of the pelvic floor. <laughs> Welcome back, Susan Ramsey. Thank you so much, Dr. Ann. So let's start off by talking about what, what is pelvic pain? Pelvic pain is defined as pelvic pain that lasts for six months or more. So this really has to be chronic. It has to be chronic. Okay. And what kind of pain are we talking about? And, well, about 15% of women experience pelvic pain sometime in their lifetime. Mm. It is the second most common gynecological problem that women complain of. Well, I have to ask, of course, what is the first most? Uh, a very good question. Must be heavy periods, answer. I'm guessing. Yes, it must be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so go on. <laughs> so <clears throat> pelvic pain, it's interesting because we see women in my practice be- primarily because they're having pain with sex. They're having pain with intercourse. Mm-hmm. And that is usually what brings them to us. However, most women will have symptoms. They'll say things like, I feel like I'm sitting on a, vo- on a bowling ball all day long. Mm. I feel like I have a charley horse in my pelvis. Huh. Uh, some women will tell us that they've never been able to insert a tampon, uh-huh. that penetration has always been painful. Um, and sometimes it, would, it may start, uh, women may always have pelvic pain or it may come on over time. It can, there's no one factor where people can say, oh, yes, um, this is the cause of pelvic pain. The mm-hmm. pelvis is central in the body, so pain radiates from the low back and the organs and the legs, and it can be urogynecological, it can be GI. I mean, there's so many factors that are involved in pelvic pain. Uh-huh. And um, when I, in my practice, hear about pelvic pain, I often hear people talk about burning. Yes. Um, I think when we talk about the most common type of pelvic pain, which is vulvar pain or vulvar vestibulitis, there's many different terms, or vaginal pain, which is an easy way for us to talk about it, women will say they have a lot of searing burning, painful Mm -hmm. penetration, and pain that might last two or three days after intercourse. Mm-hmm. Very uncomfortable, very painful, yeah, and very difficult to talk about. Right. And I imagine part of that would be because they would think that it was something wrong about them. Yes. Again, we're, we talk about shame a lot, and women have so much shame around sexual pain that happens during sex, or anything mm-hmm. related to sex brings them so much shame. And unfortunately, women tend to suffer and suffer for years before they often will seek treatment. Right, because they're ashamed that they're sexual beings to begin with. Yes. And then that they're, they're, somehow there's something wrong about them, that, they, that this is even happening. Absolutely. Yes, and I can imagine, too, that they may feel like, is there any hope for this to get better? Yes, and I think that's the biggest fear when we talk to all of our clients. Their biggest fear is that it will never go away. The pain will never go away. Mm. And, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and it's 
takes so much courage to seek treatment and to keep going. A lot of women have had surgeries and they're taking lots of different medications and they're left with the thought from the medical system that it's all in their mind. So they feel blamed for Yes, it. they feel very blamed. And yeah. so often when we see clients who have been to 10, 15, 20 providers, they're very hopeless. People go to 10, 15, or oh, 20 providers least. for their pelvic pain. Often. We're fortunate in the Portland area to have some amazing obstetricians and gynecologists and urologists. But so many women, we see women from Presque Isle uh, through mm-hmm. New Hampshire, women that don't have access to some of the care that we have in the Portland area. And a lot of our women travel quite long distances for treatment. Yeah. So tell me about what is the treatment? What, um, what do you do to help this? Well, first, it's so important that the client has a good healing team. So it's important for us as women's health physical therapists that the relationship, we have a relationship with our doctor and we make sure that everything is ruled out medically that mm-hmm. could be contributing, you know, such as cancers or oh. underlying issues that might be going on. So once those are cleared, we, again, the hardest part for women and men, men have pelvic pain as well, but we're focusing on women tonight. Um, the hardest part is for them to make the phone call mm-hmm. and to once again be evaluated. Right. And it's intrusive. It's intrusive. Um, it, people are afraid. And once we explain to them what will happen, then, you know, all their fears are allayed. Mm-hmm. They'll come in. Usually um, tears will be the first thing we see mm-hmm. because they feel safe. It is a truly a safe space. And women feel that safety. <clears throat> and they tell their story to us. And we take their history and really listen and try to understand where they've been, what their path has been with pelvic pain. Mm-hmm. For some women, it's new. And for other women, it's they might have had pelvic pain for 15, 20, 25 years. Mm. And I can imagine part of the tears is just the feeling of loss. Yes. Like everybody, whether they can acknowledge or not, wants to have a good sexual life. Yes, they do. And so if it's been so fraught with pain, yes. it's such a deep sorrow and loss for that. It is an from my perspective, the linking of sex and pain is extremely, extremely difficult and very painful for women mm-hmm. and their relationship. So many women will suffer and not tell their partners that they're experiencing pain. It's very common. Right. But of course, their desire for more sex has got to be affected by it's that. It's dramatically affected, yes. as you can imagine. Right. So their partner gets an inkling sooner or later. Yes, they do. Yeah. And then again, it, it, it then turns on the, the female to do something about this. You've got to fix this. You have to do something about this, which can create a lot of stress within a relationship. Yes. I'd like to come back to that later yes. on in the show. So tell me more. So someone comes yes. in. Someone, they come in, and um, again, we're a holistic practice, so we look at the whole body. We would do a spinal exam, a postural exam, and The good news is that a pelvic floor exam is nothing like a gynecological exam in that there's no stirrups, there's no speculum. Um, We have women in a warm, safe environment. And we literally, with a gloved hand, will feel the muscles on the outside of the vaginal area. And many women can't even tolerate touch. 
Mm-hmm. They're so they're so tender. They can't tolerate touch. Many women can't wear pants. They're wearing skirts. They might not be wearing underwear. Any pressure mm-hmm. is exceedingly painful. Mm-hmm. They may have extreme burning to the touch. Yeah. So we're very sensitive to where people are on that first visit. If someone can't tolerate a lot of touch, we just we stop right there. Yeah. Um, then we progress to an internal exam, which is really important for women with pelvic pain because it really validates their experience. It's often the very first time their pain experience is validated. Mm. And that's a really, really a breakthrough for, for women. Right, because you can't even tell people about it. You can't receive validation. Yes. Right. And we literally map the pelvic floor, which is right in the front of the vaginal area. So we just start at the bottom and just gently touch all the way around in a circle like a clock. And there's three layers of the pelvic floor. So we gently touch each one. And three layers meaning like three layers of muscle. Three layers of muscle, uh, okay. yes. And we can just gently touch and we can... We're trying to understand with the client what they're feeling and where they're feeling it and the intensity of the pain that they're experiencing in their pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So you're drawing in your mind as the clinician kind of a map of where it's really severe, yes. where it's better. Yes. So you know where the treatment should focus. Yes. And, and we're right with them. We're right with the client. So we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. We're connected. We're doing this together. And that is really healing for women. That yeah. they're not alone. Yes, I, I imagine that's so important. This is WMPG. My name is Dr. Ann. This is Safe Space, and I'm talking to Susan Ramsey about pelvic pain, in particular vulvar burning. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you've done an internal exam. Then yes. what do you do next? Well, we do biofeedback. So we have mm-hmm. electrodes that go externally on the buttock area, and we have a screen in the client and the therapist gets to see what's happening to the pelvic floor muscle. Many women with pelvic pain have increased resting tension level, which just means they have more tension than you would expect in the pelvic area, but which makes total sense if you've been in pain for a long time. I see, so it's hard to relax. It's hard to relax. So mm-hmm. we can teach women right away how to contract the pelvic floor muscle and how to create relaxation immediately. Ah, and how much is temperature part of that? Is warmth helpful to women in relaxation? Uh, You know, people vary in terms of heat or or cool. Everyone responds differently Uh to temperature. It's a very personal thing. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, so you help people. So the first step is assessment. The next step is helping people relax. Yes. And then what do you do after that? Well, all the research has established that the the biggest issue for helping women that have musculoskeletal uh, pelvic pain in their pelvic floor, the internal physical therapy that we do, the internal massage, you could call it, although it's not like what you think of as a massage, gentle pressure that the physical therapist works on the muscle to release some of the the pain and the tone in the muscle really is the key to treatment. So the internal manual work that we do combined with biofeedback and exercise, and then we teach women how to use dilators and vibrators at home so they can start to do this work at home. I consider myself a pelvic floor coach. Uh So my job is to coach. 
And we have a very specific pre, an intercourse protocol or pre-intercourse protocol so that women know exactly where they are related to are they ready to have intercourse or not. And we have very objective parameters that's great for women to see, oh, I've come from this point to this point. I'm now graduated from an extra small dilator to a small dilator. My burning subsiding. I'm, I'm able to tolerate more stretching. They, they just start to see the progress. So you have these very kind of concrete indicators that help people know, okay, I'm ready. Yes. And it has to do with how much stretching open they can tolerate, how yes. much burning sensation they have. Any other ones? Well, I would say that there, if a client can relax the pelvic floor, that's important. We mm-hmm. want the pelvic floor at a certain level of strength. They need to... I always we always go for the no to low pain range. Any intercourse that's above like on a 10 scale above a 2 is not acceptable. So we go to the no to low pain range because that just keeps reinforcing the association yes. of yes. sex equals pain. Sex and pain. Right. And, and as long as you have that you're not going to want to do that. No, and then the pleasure just completely gets eliminated from that. Now the pre-intercourse mm-hmm. protocol we meet with the partners. We go over the goals and objectives if the person's in a relationship or if they're not. And we go over, you know, this is important. You need to support your partner in this. And before you have intercourse, you'll need to stretch. You'll need to relax. You'll need to have a lot of foreplay. You'll mm-hmm. need to create that intimacy. And You had another name for foreplay last time I spoke yes, to you. A I better did. name, I think, I did. Ms. Ramsey. Well, outer course. There are, <laughs> outer course. Outer course and inner course. Yeah, so, so outer yes. course is basically that just like a whole lot better word for foreplay? Oh, yes. Outer course is everything that's outside. You know, as I say, you know, what are breasts and thighs and legs for? And outer course is a wonderful way to connect. And for women that have had a lot of pain, outer course is really important to reestablish that positive, wonderful, delicious sexual feeling. Outer course, I love the term too because it sounds like a feast. It sounds like a dish <laughs> at a banquet. Yes, it is. It just outer is going to be so so sumptuous. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That's so great. So I want to um I want to maybe take this moment as a chance to segue to spend just to listen to a song that seems to be so in keeping with what you're talking about Susan before we come back we'll take this break. So, Dr. Ann, tell me, why do you like WMPG? I like WMPG because where else can I talk about outer course and sexual <laughs> healing on the radio? <laughs> As Susan Ramsey, my guest tonight, just said to us, 15% 
of women suffer from pelvic pain during intercourse. And it's the second most common complaint that gynecologists hear. You know, in medical school, I never once was told that. This subject was not really part of my... Maybe there was... Dyspareunia was the fancy name we learned. and But it, this was really not in the curriculum. And um, so we're, we are on community radio. We can talk about things that we can't even talk about in medical school, where we do a <laughs> lot of graphic talking, I'm here to tell you. So this is a place that allows for so many voices to be heard that we can't hear in any other way. And all the subjects on safe space are subjects that are hard to talk about by definition, and this makes it safe, makes those voices be able to be heard. I love that about WNPG. I think it's psychological, I think it's social, and ultimately political, because if we can't talk about it, we can't work for change. Definitely. Well said. Well said. So we are, we are begging here at WMPG. The number to call is 874-3000. So if you like hearing different programming, you like hearing Safe Space, please, please give us a call, 874-3000. We have operators are standing by to take your call. So, you know what, even better, why don't you call, call us and tell us why you like WMPG as well, 874-3000. And Goob, one last question before we go back to the show. Why do you love MPG? I like WMPG because, you know, where, where else are you going to get to be on radio besides community radio? Normal people like you and I, we can't go up to, you know, CYY and be like, hey, want to be a DJ? Put us on air. And over here, you do a, you do a, like a, three, uh, a three-night course and... You get certified to be on air, and you do an audition tape, and if there's a slot open, you can audition for that slot, and you can have your own radio show. You know, not, not too How many people... How lucky pe- is that? Exactly. Not too many people can, can, can have that. I feel incredibly lucky to have this show. Definitely. And we all feel lucky to have WMPG. So keep us afloat and call 874-3000. Express how lucky you feel to listen to this kind of stuff. Yes. 874-3000. All right. We'll continue with um, our program. So this is WMPG, it's Dr. Ann coming back to Safe Space, and my guest Susan Ramsey talking about vulvar pain in the pelvis. For those of you who don't know what vulvar means, I mean, a lot of people don't even know the word vulva. Sure, um, vaginal pain, pain outside or inside the vaginal area. Yeah. So you started talking about treatment, and you mentioned dilators and vibrators. I want to hear more about what what those things actually do to help people with pain. Yes. they're my favorite tools. Uh-huh. I, I love for vibrators. so many reasons. Yes, I love vibrators, and I love dilators and vibrators for several reasons. The first is it allows the client to become independent with their program at home, and the second reason, especially for vibrators, is that because the tissues are internal, when people have burning, we have to address the sensory nervous system essentially to stop the burning. So the sensory nervous system carries all kinds of signals to the brain like heat and cold and pain and pressure and vibration. Vibration has its own track to the brain. So using vibration, it allows women to desensitize or decrease their burning and also enhance their sensation of pleasure because vibration brings a lot of circulation and blood flow and nerve supply to the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. So vibrators are a huge therapeutic tool that we use in women's health, physical therapy, especially in my practice because we're very neurologically focused as well. And It's also wonderful for women after they've stretched, they've used the dilator, they've used the vibrator. It's a great idea to then do some nice self-pleasuring as well. 
Mm-hmm. And that, having an orgasm will, again, bring more blood flow, more nerve supply, just a stronger feeling and bond to our mind and our pelvic floor. We really want to make that connection between the mind and the whole body, and especially the pelvic floor when it's been an area that's been hurting for so long. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like reestablishing a different kind of connection based on pleasure yeah, yes, and aliveness. A very different kind of connection yeah. and, and focus. Because this requires being in a private space. It requires some time to reconnect. So many women will will grieve, and then they will break through to the new pelvic floor that they're creating. That is something that I wanted to ask you about, is how your clinicians on your staff cope with emotions that come up in treatment. Because no doubt... People cry. I can imagine yes. experience all kinds of strong feelings. Oh, absolutely. I think our practitioners, and we have 10 women's health physical therapists, we are present with people. And if you're present, it's much easier to cry or to release emotions. Women won't cry unless they really feel they're understood or they're, they're heard, not at the level that the women that we see will cry. Um, and I, I think that for, for some women, if the emotions are very strong and and need more assistance, we have clinicians, psychiatrists, psychologists who we refer our clients to to make sure that every client has the emotional support they need mm-hmm. as well. And what about other kinds of feelings? Like what about anger? Oh, absolutely. Anger is right there. Um, as I say to all my clients, often they'll go from grief to huge anger at the indignity of it all, which is a common term, the indignity of it all, Mm -hmm. that I have to stretch, that I have to come here, that I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And then women will break through that to the other side, which is the hope, the progress, the really restoration of their sexuality, of their creativity, of who they are as women. And they redefine it. They really begin to redefine who they want to be as a sexual person. Hmm. And when you say redefine it, like say what you mean. Well, often this is an example that's pretty typical. Women who start to heal through pelvic pain, their creative lives come into play. Maybe they wore black all the time and all of a sudden I'll notice that they're wearing bright colors Hmm. or that they're just changed. They have more energy. They have more life. They're back in life fully. So this is much bigger than just their sexual identity. Oh, it's very big. their whole identity. It's very big because who we are as, as beings and sexual beings, when you start to bring that focus and attention, it's very satisfying. Mm, and that's imagine. the silver lining of pelvic pain. And I always tell my clients that the silver lining is that as they go through this process, they will discover things about themselves that they didn't know before. Yeah. So there's a hidden gift. Yes. Although it sure as heck doesn't seem it. No, not at all. And so how effective is your treatment in helping women? I would say in terms of the the data from our practice, that we're at roughly about 72% of our clients that come in with pelvic pain return to nodal-low pain intercourse. Mm. And I can tell you that there's nothing better than the phone calls that I receive from couples who have intercourse. And, you know, we did it! And you'll hear them (laughs) at the end of the phone, or clients will come in and Mm. hugs and kisses, and it's just, it's huge. Or for women that have never been able to have intercourse and are married and want children, and who through the process of working with our staff, 
begin to be able to have intercourse and they bring their babies in Ah. and just life altering events for us. And it's really wonderful to see successes when, again, the clients has to be very ready and committed to do this. And that's just a huge part which is just that commitment to participating in this program because it really is a team. And again, we're the coach and we're just, we're, we're moving with that client until they become very independent and able to, to really thrive. Yeah. It's, excuse me. It's, it seems so important that you can give that message of hope to new people who come in. Yes. I wonder, do you ever allow people to talk to? I mean, do you have a a way to facilitate contact among your patients? It's interesting. We, um, what we do is more individual. If a client would like to speak to someone who's been through the program, then I match make in terms of looking at the interests of the client and their background and, and find people that they may connect to. So that's really wonderful, a wonderful outreach for our clients. We'll have them individually talk to someone to really talk about what it is that they went through. I how can long imagine it that took. would be so important because people don't have, and by definition, they don't have that many people they can really talk to about No, this, they don't. Who get it. They don't. And they really it's, it's it. wonderful to make those contacts. I wonder if there are chat rooms and such about with people who have this. Well, you know, it's interesting because one of the things I tell our clients is to not go to the net oh. uh, a lot because what's mostly out there is the horror stories. Mm-hmm. And not the hope and the recovery stories. I, I tell our clients to go to like the Vulvodynia Association's website, the International Pelvic Pain website. Um, professional websites are so much, they're just giving more of the information that will really support women. A lot of the chat rooms, again, I've been in all of them, I routinely go uh-huh. to see what's out there, and it's really scary. Yeah, so that doesn't help yeah. at all. Okay. And you talked about the impact on the partner. Yes. Because obviously they, uh, there's a great loss for them and so on. And you said to me once that the partner's sexual energy can often get really shut down. Yes, too. It How does. do you help with that? Well, I, I think by bringing the partner into the whole process, it's very helpful because then you're creating a team. Um, if clients are struggling in their marriages, we'll refer them to the appropriate therapist um, to get assistance with that. I have, and I said to you before, we've seen where a woman might have have had pelvic pain for 15 years, and then finally when they can have intercourse, their partners don't want to. Yes, because out of protection, they shut down. Because they're afraid and because they've had to so clamp down on their sexual energy. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't happen often, but I've certainly had clients where that happened, and then the two of them had to, again, reconnect and reestablish that sexual relationship. And all of them have, but it certainly took something from their partner. It does feel important to acknowledge the loss for both people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because one person's really being expected to be the supporter and understander while also sacrificing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are there other lifestyle changes that people with pelvic pain, you mentioned that people are wearing skirts or no underwear. Are there other things that you can suggest to people who have this you know, as well as coming to your clinic, right? that would be helpful? Well, I think the first step is really talking to your physician or nurse practitioner about your symptoms and just being open and honest with this is what I've been experiencing. Um, 
a lot of physicians, if you if you mentioned she had like a pelvic floor evaluation, that's a really good first step because a lot of physicians don't understand pelvic pain. Mm-hmm. And so the more you understand about the words you need to use are very helpful in terms of getting to the appropriate treatment or finding the appropriate treatment. And a pelvic floor evaluation, does that mean by that same doctor or does that mean a referral no, to a physical it could be to a nurse practitioner, a, phys- a women's health physical therapist. Uh-huh. Um, again, we're really fortunate because in this community, pelvic pain is more widely known. And again, what we're seeing that's so hopeful is that our physicians have seen such great results with us that we're seeing young women, 16, 17, who've had pelvic pain for a long time. So we're seeing women earlier so that we can really prevent the suffering that can accompany pelvic mm-hmm. pain. It's such great news. It is Um, great news. Yes, and especially knowing how many women really suffer from this. I want to thank you so much, Susan, for being my guest on Safe Space. And just last thing is, how can people find you? What's your phone number and your website? Website, www.holistic.com. Our phone number is 207-879-7510. It's been a pleasure to be here, Dr. Ann. Thanks, Susan. Thanks to Goober for mixing the sound tonight, Maurice Lennon for the music. My name is Dr. Ann. This is Safe Space. If you'd like to contact me to get more information or to suggest a new topic, email me at drnwmpg at gmail.com. That's dr.a. At WMPG at gmail.com. Next Wednesday, I'll be hosting, hosting Gina Ogden on sexuality again. In the meantime, please call WMPG at 874-3000 to contribute as your sign of support for the kind of work that we're doing here, getting these kinds of topics out on the air. Coming up next is Money Talks with Allison. This program is brought to you with listener donations and an underwriting grant from the Sunrise Guide, a locally owned annual guide to living green in southern Maine.